the Lord. It's been a good night, amen? amen? And we have met to worship. Take your Bibles this evening and uh, turn to the book of Romans. I'll do my best to tell you the same thing Elizabeth Taylor told her last husband. I'll not keep you long. <clears throat> Actually, Zsa Zsa Gavor had more husbands than Elizabeth Taylor did. She said she was a great housekeeper. She said every time she divorced a man, she kept his house. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Come on, brother, help me. <laughs> Amen. Uh, well... I praise the Lord. This getting old business isn't, uh, isn't always that easy. I pulled into a, an Arby's uh, here. Well, actually, it's been about three years ago. I was always joking. I couldn't wait to get my senior discounts. How many of you use your senior discounts besides me? Hallelujah. For a 59-cent coffee at McDonald's. I pulled in through Arby's and uh, um, made my order and come up to the door and, or up to the window. And the fellow said, any senior discounts tonight? I said, no, sir. I said, I got three months, 12 days left. He said, wow. He said, the gray hairs and wrinkles sure could have fooled me. Amen. <laughs> oh. Well, anyhow, sometimes getting old is an excuse and sometimes it isn't. Amen. Take your Bibles tonight again and turn to Romans 10. If you found your place, stand with me. Uh, I'm going to read just verses 8 through 13. So familiar verses. But you know what made Michael Jordan great? He was a master of the fundamentals. He was a master of the fundamentals. You know what will make you a great Christian is you get the fundamentals down. And you get them mastered. And then you do them over and over and over and over and over again. Um, Paul J. Meyer, one of our great uh, through the years leaders in, in sales. And, and I listened to his uh, DVD from years ago called The Magic Ingredient. And it's repetition, repetition. His daddy took him to the junkyard and, and bought him a bicycle out of the junkyard and they painted it, put it all together. But before his daddy let him ride it, he said, okay, son, it's all together, it's beautiful. He said, take it apart, every single bolt, every single spoke, take it apart and put it back together. His dad made him do that like 20 times before the kid ever got to ride it. But by the time he was a teenager, he had, uh, I believe, somewhere around, uh, I don't know, 100 bikes that he had bought and sold and fixed up. And he had some money in the bank. It's repetition. This is a great passage of Scripture. Romans chapter 10. The Bible says in verse 8, But what saith it, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead... Thou shalt be saved. Aren't you glad salvation is simple? Amen. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, God's righteousness. I'm glad I got his righteousness and not mine. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. There's no difference between the Jew, the Greek, Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that bring glad tidings of good things. Father, I do love you tonight. I thank you for the great, great testimony from the missionary on the field. We pray for his wife, Lily, tonight. We pray for little Ivy, God, that you would save her little soul and, and use her for your glory. And we just pray that you'd bless that church, Father. Let it flourish with souls being saved. We pray that you'd give them five in their Bible college this year. 
And Lord, that those men of God would go out into their own nation in their own tongue and win a multitude. Lord, we pray for a full harvest. Thank you again for Calvary in Christ's name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Earlier this year, I was in a hotel in Sacramento. And uh, um, I, I, whenever I see, again, I, I may have mentioned already about seeing a man uh, with a military hat or a lady with a military hat, but also if there's a police officer or a firefighter or a rescue worker, someone in uniform, amen, uh, I'm going to go over, I'm going to shake their hand, and I'm going to uh, tell them thank you for their service, and I'm going to give them a witness. And, and that's just uh, what I like to do. And there's even a lot of times I'll buy them lunch. When they're not looking, I'll tell the waitress to bring me over their ticket. And if you do that, that's wonderful. If you don't, try it. It's pretty awesome. Amen. They'll appreciate it. They'll get a blessing, and you will as well. As even in Sacramento in that uh, hotel lounge, and a young lady was sitting over there, and I thanked her for her service, handed her a gospel track, and and I told her, you know what? I said, I'm in the firefighting business too. And she said, really, you are? I said, yes, ma'am. I said, I'm a Baptist preacher. I'm trying to keep people out of the flames of hell. And I'm glad to report that that young firefighter knew Christ as her Savior as well. I began to think about the firefighting business. And that's really what we're in, amen? amen. Uh, we're in the glory business. I, I got a case of those God bumps over there when we sang about the Lord and the light. I don't know, but I got a little bit happy up here think, just thinking about that. No more light bulbs, nothing. He is just the light. A friend of mine and I were talking the other day. He said he did the math, and I'm going to do the math, preacher. He said in God's economy, a thousand years is like a day. He says, you know, we only live about an hour and a half in God's economy. Oh, that's a pretty big God. An hour and a half, amen? Well... We're in the firefighting business. There's always a fire station for the firefighters to gather, isn't there, when we think about that business. I thank the Lord we had an emergency team come here last night. A precious lady had a, had a problem, and bam, you call them, and they're right here. Isn't that exciting? It is. They're, they're coming to our rescue. Uh, they prepare for all types of emergencies. Uh, uh, our Murfreesboro has one of the longest ladder trucks uh, in the state. And boy, those fellows are so proud of that thing. We have, we love the burrow days. And I was able to go down to that fire station and talk with those men. And they showed me their big truck and, and uh, showed us all about it. And it was pretty amazing. They receive emergency calls. They dispatch the firefighters to the fire. And we, church, are God's firefighters. Amen? Isn't that exciting? We gather at the church house to strengthen our forces. This is the place where we rally together to get charged up, to get sent out into the battle. Amen? This isn't the battle, although sometimes it may seem like it. This is not the battle. This is the place to get encouraged, to get trained, so we can get sent out and go do God's work. We gather at our churches to strengthen the forces. We prepare our equipment. We get plenty of gospel tracts. We get plenty of training. We make sure we have Bibles to give the new visitors. We make sure we give them the right Bible. Amen. And then we will receive a call for help. We're just a hospital for the hurting. <laughs> and then we'll dispatch the rescue workers, don't we? The world really is the mission field. There's a fire out there. And we are to send rescue workers to them. I've been reading a book called The Pioneer Sender by Trenton Cornwell. In this book, the author made this quote, and I really loved it. He said, it, was more, it is more important to wake up 100 firefighters than to just fight the fire himself. To wake up 100 men to go to a fire instead of trying to just fight the thing yourself. To have many hands makes the work 
very light. Well, I'd like you to go with me tonight. And again, I, I'm not going to keep you long. I really mean that tonight. I just want to be a blessing. But I, I want you to go in your mind tonight with me to the scene of a fire. Someone saw the smoke and they called 911. Someone cared. The call was received by the emergency operator. We know how this works. The local firefighters jumped up thinking nothing else other than rescuing the victims. They were on their way. They fired up the truck. They arrived at the scene. Some men went, pulled the hoses out from the truck while other ones was taking the other line over to the fire hydrant. They got everything in place, ladders in place, and began to uh, do their work. They rescued three children from the second floor and grandma from her room on the lower level. Can you see it in your mind? All this scurrying around and all the screaming and all this rescuing taking place. The fire was contained. They reported to the mayor of the city the results. They noted and made sure they made the adjustments so they could work faster the next time. Nobody was hurt. The fire was extinguished and the firefighters did a great job. Amen? Now I want you to travel to another fire station. Go to the same fire station in your mind and someone saw the smoke and made the call. There's always a need, isn't there? We always see needs. Today I pumped some gas in my old truck and I looked over and saw what I thought was two homeless people. Whether they're homeless or not, they were definitely in need. And I would go over and I would hand them a gospel track and begin to witness to them and talk, them, talk to them. And the lady said, you know, she said, I'm so glad there's nice people like you. And she said, this is the second time this week I've got one of these. I said, hallelujah. I said, ma'am, I said, it took me 42 years before anybody on the street ever cared enough about my soul to ask me about my eternal destiny. 42 before anybody on the street asked me about my soul in America. Amen. But in this particular scene, there was no one on duty to answer the call. Answer the call. There were various reasons. You see, maybe the operator, their child may have had a ball game. Or, or maybe there was a car show in town. Or, or maybe it was the first day of deer season and they wanted to try out their new rifle. Whatever the reason was, there was nobody to answer the emergency call. So this person knew the, the captain of the fire station and he made a call to that captain and he finally got a hold of him. This captain then did his best to take off and went straight down to the fire station and, and once he arrived, he tried to start the fire truck, but it would just... He remembered how he put a plea out to the community for a new battery for the fire truck because the old one just wasn't working. Well, he scurried around and he, he finally got himself a, some jumper cables and, and, and in a frantic search, he was able to get that, that fire truck running and, and off he went just as fast as he could down to the fire. By the time he got there, the house was completely engulfed in the flames. Still doing his best to try and get that fire out. He would drag one hose over to the fire a hydrant and, and hook it up and turn it on. And by the time he got back to the truck to get that hose to put it out, the entire building was engulfed in flames. It's a total loss. The house was completely destroyed. There were four funerals scheduled for that next week. Because grandma didn't get rescued, neither did the three children. 
The captain reported to the mayor the dreadful news. Well, the difference between the first fire and the second was a lack of interest and a lack of funds. But four people died in the one and four people were rescued in the other. We all have our part. We sing rescue the perishing, don't we? Amen. But sometimes there's nobody there to receive the call. Oh, what, a, what an opportunity it is to be a missionary. You heard that man tonight. Uh, and I know, I know as a missionary, we have to put on sometimes and we put on how wonderful things are. And they are. But I'm, I'm here to tell you tonight, I've been with a lot of missionaries around the world. I get the privilege to go with them and to help them. And there are struggles. And sometimes the struggles um, are attached to the fact that they're not home. And, and that, that longing becomes very hard and becomes very difficult. And there is a pull in, in all of the, really, the spiritual battles and the spiritual warfare that's out there trying to get that missionary to stop just wages on in their life. You see, a lot of missionaries only make it one term. And then they come home and, and take a church and... And I'm not complaining about that. That's, that's fine. That's totally up to them and, and their calling. But can I tell you tonight, even better than being a missionary, it's incredible to be in the will of God. That's the place you want to be. If it's in Argentina and you're in the will of God, you're going to get through it just like that man is. He's enjoying it and he's having a great time. You may even enjoy going to prison. You've got to be crazy to go to prison, right? Amen. I remember I got on an airplane coming home from Florida, and I sat down beside this little old lady, a picture of a little old lady. She had a cotton dress on and one of them little round hats. You know what I'm talking about? She says, well, what brought you to Florida, Sonny? I said, I just got out of prison. She goes, oh, you sit over there. She wanted me away from her just as fast as I could get. Sometimes we sing the song, Sweet Hour of Prayer, but seldom call the name of the men and women on the field. See this hand here? Guilty. We sing amazing grace but do little to get the message to others. If we're not concerned about the souls of men in our world where we live, I highly doubt you'll be concerned about your mission program. It's the truth. We either love what Jesus Christ loves and he came to seek and save that which is lost or we're just enjoying our time on this world, our hour and a half, if you will. Some of us may only get a half an hour, depending on our health and our time on this earth. Well, you may say, Brother Van Horn, it's, it's some pretty hard preaching, but let me ask you a question tonight. What if that was your house that was on fire? What if that was your three grandchildren or children? What if that was your mother or your grandma? Wouldn't you want a fire station that was well-serviced? Wouldn't you want men on duty where their pagers worked? Wouldn't you want a, a dispatcher that wasn't at the ball game or deer hunting? I know I would. I do have family members that are lost, and they're in Loudonville, Ohio. And I wish and pray to my Savior that someone would get to them because I can't. They don't want to hear it from me anymore. I hope and pray someone goes to my family members. Luke 16, we also see the rich man who begged God to send a missionary to his five brothers, don't we? He had a prayer meeting in hell. 
Well, my dear friends, honestly, from the balcony of glory, the creator of, mal- of mankind, he-, he has seen the smoke of hell ascending. And uh, he's made the emergency call to the church. He says, let's build a mission program. Let's build a mission program. The church is a place where we come to worship the Lord, to get fired up, not only to go, but to send, to reach the world. We can reach a world from this place. I love your theory, Brother Kavanaugh, every time zone. That's amazing. That's incredible. Every hour of the day, someone will be hearing the gospel. Lord's given me the privilege to preach on all six habitable continents. I've been 18 hours away on a time zone, the very first time zone in the world. We've had a missionary there in New Zealand that's going into the prisons, working in those prisons, telling people about Christ. 18 hours away, that's incredible. I love it. Empowering partners is the way to do it. We have those men, I I, I made mention of it yesterday, 55 national partners. I cannot go to prisons in 10 countries in Africa every day or every week or every month. But praise God, we've empowered those men to do it. Actually, our international department, we have 55 missionaries. We're supporting them, those men financially. We're not supporting them to subsidize their income. We're giving them a little bit of money that will help them to, to pay for their transportation, to pay for their food so that they can go to the prison on a regular basis and send back the results. 17,800 precious souls will not have to burn in the lake of fire. That was just last year. I'm continually getting report after report after report. I got pictures today of our, our preacher in Sierra Leone down in the river baptized and some new converts, hallelujah. Planting little churches. You're planting a church in Argentina while we're sitting here tonight in the air conditioning, eating, a, uh, eating our little uh, chips and cheese, amen? It's incredible. What a savior. But it's done through your mission program. And God needs you. He needs you to help. He's given his emergency call to the church that he gave his life for. We churches, we have to have our operator, operators ready, don't we? We have to have firefighters prepared and equipment. Oh, be ready to send them a box full of gospel tracts. I, I like what the Beams Bible uh, ministry does. They'll come into the church. I don't know if you ever heard of, of the Beams ministries, preacher, but they'll come into the church with boxes of Bibles, a box of Bibles, and then they'll simply say, you can send this box to a particular part of the world for 30 or $40, and people will come and grab a box and say, I'll send this one, I'll send that one. I believe literature will accomplish our task around the world doing whatever we can to equip them. Firefighting business for the church is called missions. Missions is to the church like fuel is to the fire. Amen? Without fuel, the fire goes out. And I can promise you, without a mission program, the church will die. I've been to them. I've seen them, hundreds of them. Dead as dead can be. Not a single missionary on the wall. No concern for missions. And the church is dying. God has his hand on a church that's concerned about missions. I always say you're either a missionary or you're a mission field. Amen. Amen. But a church with a burden to reach souls will implement the latest and most effective firefighting equipment. 
Boy, when these young people come through and they're full of zeal and they want to get to the field, get behind them. Do everything you can. Maybe you know of a church that's in an area that they're headed. And, and maybe you could call that pastor because you know that man of God. And, and that young missionary family came into this place and they just, man, they just really did a wonderful job. Call a preacher friend or call a friend who belongs to another church and say, we got to get this guy on the field. we got to rally together. Oh, if churches and fundamentalism would rally together to send missionaries, we could cut the time of deputation down in half. But then we report back to you with the reports of fruit that will abound to your account. Not because we desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account in Philippians 4.17. Together then we can rejoice with the souls saved. Amen. Hallelujah. All heaven will rejoice when one sinner comes under repentance. Likewise I say, likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. I got to thinking one time about just who is in the presence of God. Well, you got well, you got Job there, Amen. You got Moses. You got Abraham. Uh, um, uh, you got you, you have uh, Paul and 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 King Saul. I believe King Saul is there when Samuel said, "Today you'll be with me." I think that was just a picture of a backslidden Christian, Amen. And and Samuel said, "You're going to be with me today," so he got to go to heaven. But it sure wasn't a a, a real good entrance, was it? Uh, there's going to be maybe your grandma there. Or, or maybe some missionary that, that had a burden like, uh, uh, what's the fellow Akron Baptist Temple? Help me. Dallas Billington. Boy, I read his biography. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Did you ever read that? Man, I'm telling you, from beer trucks to bus routes is the only thing I could think about. when I, when I He had the, 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 the fire in him to go to the federal government and say, you're putting gas in those beer trucks. And he said, you're trying to ration our buses so we can't pick up kids. He said, I want you to give me gas for those buses. And hallelujah, every bus across the nation, across the nation, every church that had a bus ministry was allowed to fill their tanks up while the rest of the country was, their gas was being rationed. Amen. Tom Malone, what a great biography. He just had fire for God and went and did something. Hallelujah, those great men of God. I found out Dr. Charles Keene was led to the Lord at Dallas Billington's church and went to school at Tom Malone's church. No wonder he's the man of God that can think outside the box and build the great uh, 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 Milford uh, First Baptist Church that has literally printed millions and millions and millions of Bibles and sent them around the world. I love partnering with those men and, and working with that printing ministry. And together, they'll print them and, and we'll get them shipped and we'll go to the place where they're going to be. It's exciting to be involved in God's firefighting business. I hope you understand my heart tonight. I really do. The gospel is the only way to save a sinner. And it then says that the only way they'll know this message if someone sends them. And it's got to be the church that sends them. Amen? It's got to be the church that sends them. Together. Listen to this. This is such good news. The Apostle Paul says this. I have planned as Apollo watered, but God gave the increase. There's no big me, little you. We're all in this thing together. But could you imagine with me tonight the fanciest, fastest, most beautiful it would have to be a Chevrolet, a Corvette, and a beautiful car. But could you imagine if you had that car, somebody gave you the keys? But they said, oh, oh one thing, I'm not going to give you the tires. I'm just going to give you the car. 
Boy, it'd be worthless, wouldn't it? We've got to have the church. Mission shouldn't be one of the programs of the church. It should be the heartbeat of the church. It shouldn't be the spokes and the wheel. Mission should be the hub of the wheel. Your soul winning program on Saturday is really a mission program. It's not a soul winning. It is a soul winning program, but your missionaries have a soul winning program. Everything about the church should be a soul winning program. Our, our ministry to the nursing home should be a soul winning program. To try and win one of those 70 and 80 year old people to the Lord. You talk about a ministry. There's what's called a 414 window. Have you ever heard of that? Most people get saved between the ages of 4 and 14. So you know what the best thing to do is start a children's ministry. Hallelujah. Build that thing up. Be a missionary to the children right here in Akron, Ohio. Most Christians spend more, and I said it yesterday, spend more on their cable bill than they do missions. Man, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, I taught on part of the reason why churches aren't given to to the uh, churches aren't given to missions is a lot of times they're not taught. I, I I taught in a church in Zambia. A missionary had started a church ten years ago in Zambia, and they had little churches all over that area, all over that region, with nationals. And we had a little Bible conference there, and I pulled him in, and the Lord put on my heart to teach on tithing and mission giving. When I got done, the leader, the national leader of that church region around there, the man that God had put in place of all of those different churches that an American missionary trained, he said, Brother Van Horn, I've never heard that before. Sometimes missionaries on the field fail to teach their people that they too should give and pray and send. And that's our, our goal is to to teach everywhere I go. My, my goal is not just to, to preach to them how to be saved, but to preach to the Christians and say, you tell someone else how to be saved. You become valuable in God's firefighting business. Amen? Well, I praise the Lord. It's our faith promise mission, pro- mission program here that will fuel our firefighting business. And we all got to get involved. Amen? We got to have someone there got to have someone there to answer the call. But young men, we got to have somebody that'll go. Someone will hook the hoses up. Someone will climb that ladder. Someone will do the dangerous things, amen. Someone that will take a chance for the glory of God. Someone that will believe God can use anyone. Someone that will just say, God, here I am. I remember when the Lord called me, Pastor. I, I remember, I do. I was 37 years old. I had my own construction company. My grammar was horrible. It still isn't real good, but I think it's a little bit better than it were. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I thought to myself, Lord, I'm going to be a missionary builder. I'm going to use my skills, and that's what I'm going to do. After a year and a half of telling God what I was going to do, Brother Al Humble made this statement to me. He said, Brother Van Horn, sometimes God just wants you to get in the offering plate. You get in the offering plate. And I said, Lord, I don't know what you want from me, but here I am. And it wasn't, I don't know, maybe a week or so later. I got the scripture, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God was strike of hearts. And the Holy Spirit of God said, Mike, he said, I want you to preach. I said, Lord, you've got to be kidding me. But if you want me to preach, I'll just give you my mouth and my feet and my hands and my heart. 
and if you don't mind, I'll just stand here and let you use me and my soul. My wife can attest to it. I, I, I just stand amazed at what he's done, Brother, Brother O'Donnell. I do. It is definitely not me. Definitely not me. I get myself in more trouble. I guess I probably got myself last night in more trouble with my Democratic comment. Amen. But uh, that was all in jest, okay? Uh, sort of. Uh, anyhow. <clears throat> um, the truth of the matter is God will use anybody. And I can promise you, God has a place for everybody. Everybody. He'll use anybody, but he's got a place for everybody. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Nobody looking around tonight. God's firefighting business, the local church. The field is the lost and dying. Those that will close their eyes in death and wake up in the flames of hell. And a lot of it will be determined by your business meetings this week to determine the destination of the souls of men. You heard the math last night. $9.33 gets one sinner to the Savior with our ministry. And that's just... its I look at some of these other men. Now, some folks, please... They'll labor all year long and may not even see a single soul saved. It's not in the numbers. It's in the obedience to the Spirit of God is where it is. There is a place for everyone to serve. There really is. And God needs us all to accomplish the task. It might just be the godly wife behind, behind the man of God. I, I thank the Lord for Pastor O'Donnell's wife. Amen. Amen. You talk about a mission field. Her mission field is her husband who has this mission field. And she does her best to make sure that her mission field is taken care of. Young men and young ladies are thinking about careers. And that's fine. You've got the rest of your life to be concerned about. But would you please just do this? Say, Lord, is there something that you would like me to do? I'll make myself available. Hey, please don't be afraid because the Bible says God will not give you the spirit of fear, but that of love and power and of a sound mind. Please don't be fearful of surrendering yourself to the Lord Jesus. We've all heard the song, please don't send me to Africa. Well, ever since I've surrendered to the ministry, I want to go to Africa. Don't be afraid of allowing the creator of the universe, the God that has a hand that is 640 sectillion miles long. Don't be afraid of letting that hand guide you and point you into a place of service because he will also protect you and provide for you. And he'll also prepare you and then he'll use you. Whatever the Lord's doing in your heart tonight, the only thing I ask you to do is be obedient to his call. Stand with me to your feet. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Calvary. I thank you again for this church. Thank you for the great report we heard tonight. And I do pray uh, for that dear missionary family. Thank you for these dear people. Many are at the altar this evening. And Lord, only you know what, uh, what their concerns are tonight. But I pray, Father, as they return to their seat, that they will just make a note. Maybe write it in their Bible or 
make a note and pin it beside their, their bed of the commitment that they made tonight. So tomorrow they won't forget it. Your word says, I believe in Psalm 61, that today, every day, we have to perform our vows. And we'll praise you in that process. So I pray tonight that they'll remember the vows, remember the commitments that they made tonight. Mark them down, remember them. Lord Jesus, if there's someone in this room tonight that's lost, I pray, God, that they would understand that the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, God the Son, Lord, He came to this earth through Mary. Mary needed a Savior just like anyone else. And Lord, I'm thankful that Jesus Christ, God the Son, lived 33 and a half years without sin, not one, not even the thought of it. But thank the Lord, after He was crucified, He rose three days later. And Your Word says if we'll believe that with the desire to love You and to serve You and to have Your righteousness, You said if we ask You for salvation, You'll give it to us. Lord, if there's someone tonight that's not saved, I beg You, that you would reveal that to them and help them to respond. Lord, again, I love you tonight. Thank you for Calvary in Christ's name.